is Wednesday, February 8th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. LeBron James, the NBA's all-time scoring leader. And chalk up another one for the system. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. LeBron James passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to become the NBA's all-time scoring leader. And that's the Vegas lead, AJ. LeBron scores. He needed 36 to get the job done. And as we expected, the books juiced up his player prop points total to 32 and a half. LeBron scores 38, and the Lakers lose, but LeBron is now the all-time scoring leader. Thank goodness I didn't get that 33-and-a-half I was requesting. <laughs> that would have been uh, that would have been an L for your boy. Uh, this, this was funny because the, the record gets broken with— uh, Ten seconds left yeah, in the third quarter. Yeah, a few seconds left in the third quarter. By the way, over four-and-a-half minutes. Well over four-and-a-half. <laughs> it might as well have been like a feature-length feature, feature length film they played. It was like— one of the most hyped rookies in NBA history. It's showing they footage of a rookie. I mean, it was long. Why but, couldn't they? My question is, what, they couldn't just like run the ten seconds out. No, because LeBron, as soon as he made the stop, as soon as he made the shot, just threw his hands in the air and started walking did like the Lakers, uh, Did the Lakers get charged a timeout there? Or they should they have been charged like five timeouts. <laughs> Does he wear the headband now? I haven't seen him in the headband. It's it's like a kid from Akron. I get it. It's he's. He 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 he, uh, he relished the moment. He you know, it's funny. It's, oh, yeah. it's funny, Matt, because I actually texted somebody that when we were having a conversation about you know uh, LeBron doing this tonight, and saw him wearing the headband pregame, and I said LeBron's got the headband on tonight. He's doing it. Like it just totally. He he went into playoff mode or whatever. As know. soon as you told me it was on TV, that should have been obvious. Yeah, TNT game. Yeah, of course. Uh, but LeBron does it, and and he was on a. Good pace. What it, other it, NBA player in history can you tell at the beginning of the season? Hey, we need you. We need you. We know you averaged thirty last year. We know you're thirty-eight. We need you to average thirty on the dot this year because we have two nights before the Super Bowl, and we need we need one of them to be used and breaking and, the record. Thirty point oh would be nice. And, and LeBron's like, I got nights, it. LeBron's like, no problem. Not going up against anything. Like the, there's no thirty point oh nothing every to go night up against. He could have done this on a TNT Thursday night where there's Thursday night football on, and and no, he did it here on a standalone night on a Tuesday, and it was impressive. He scored twenty points in the first half, and then just a dominant third quarter where he hit a couple of threes, a couple of free throws. Some of them might have been questionable free throws, but still got to the line, and he gets the thirty six. Doesn't even score really. He scores two points in the fourth quarter because um, it was a blowout. They won, obviously, right? Well, they they lost one thirty three to one thirty, yeah. and yeah, just what what a performance by LeBron James! Congratulations to all the listeners of this podcast who either cashed on the LeBron point total over thirty two and a half, or cashed on the DraftKings prop of LeBron breaking it against the Thunder last night, which paid out plus 250 a couple of days ago, plus 200 yesterday. So if you cash that, I know some people had tweeted at me that they did. 
Congratulations. We were all over it. AJ wanted to take the under. I talked him out of it. You I did, saved him thankfully. money. Yeah. I saved him money. I said, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And AJ was like, well, if it gets up to 34, I'm going to take the under. And I said, no. I said, you, you, could, you could make it 35 and a half. He's still going over. Because there was no there was no way LeBron – and, and part of my handicap, and I'll repeat myself what I said yesterday, there was no way LeBron was going to get 28 points tonight. You know, unless, unless he had – you know, 20 going into the fourth quarter, and he winds up with a, a fourth quarter scores 28. There was no way that if he had 28 to 30 points with any time left in the game, he wasn't going to get this. All right, Nostradamus. Had I said LeBron's only going to score two points in the fourth quarter and they're going to lose by three, I would have said you think he, he got there. I would have. I would have told you he already got it, and he, <laughs> and he did. I would. I would have told you he already got it and didn't play the fourth quarter. Oh, that, I mean, that looks so bad if he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter in a game I gotta be lost honest. by three points. I got to be honest. I'm still standing by what I said. I don't think he plays on Thursday. Oh, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me at Load all. Load management, baby. Yeah. I mean, he is celebrating. He's he didn't play in the fourth quarter. He had to he, take a break. He's celebrating. Last night, he's probably still celebrating it, this morning. It, it's funny how NBA greats count baskets. And he said at halftime, he told his boys, hey, what is it? Eight points a quarter. I got to get 16 to break the record. All right. And he did it. Well, after a certain game where he scored eight points, a certain Michael Jordan came on the mic and Twitter and said, hey, that's two points. That's one, point, that's one basket, a quarter. I could do that right now in my sleep. Here's the question, though. Like You can, you can say that load happens. management and things like that, but LeBron's also 18 games out of first place in the Western Conference and seven games out of a play-in spot. Or, excuse me, two games out of a play-in spot. Seven games out of safety, I guess you would call it. Like, don't the Lakers have to win? Because as great as this night was for LeBron last night, the, right. the loss is painful. Here's my question. Let me kick it over to you guys. Here's my question. He said the other night, I'm better than I was 10 years ago. I'm better than I was in year 15. I'm as good as I ever was. Well, this is a guy they said they could win. he could win 60 games with bums. This is LeBron James, the greatest in history. If he's as good as he ever was... How come they're not? They're so terrible. You can bet against them it. every single game for five years, and you're catching like fifty-seven percent every single year, every single game. Because they suck. The team sucks. They're always bad. Well, Russell I mean, Westbrook they're always sucks. really bad. <laughs> I mean, it's a terrible decision. It's a terrible culture. They don't care about winning. Anthony Davis was like, "Cool, this is a cool little movie, little mini movie. I get to I get to watch while I'm out here jogging." It's ridiculous, man. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a fix for this team. And I know, sure, would Kyrie have helped? Obviously. But LeBron right now is on pace to have one of his top five scoring seasons in his career. That's a good point. And they're probably going to miss the playoffs. Like that's not so my that's not legacy building that's not legacy building stuff right there. Maybe his I mean maybe he's his ability to have great statistics happen to be on really good teams from time to time and those teams won a lot of games and his stats really didn't impact winning ever. Well, you and that's why say, he's top you, five all time. Maybe you, you can't say not ever that good because those teams that he played with in Cleveland the first round the first time he was in bad, Cleveland those there bad, were bad East but yeah they, they were not good teams. Do you know what sucks? MVP, about, do you know what? It. Do you know what even like sucks further about the Lakers missing the playoffs this year? Like if they do, is that the Pelicans have the right to swap first round picks with them this year. Yeah. So if the Lakers end up in the lottery and have a high pick, it's gonna go to the Pelicans. So, and then guess what? The 2024 first round pick 
is owned by the Pelicans. So they don't have a first they don't have a first round pick until maybe 2025 because that is also owned by the Pelicans if they choose not to take like the Pelicans can choose 2024 or 2025 for a first round pick. It's all part of the Anthony Davis trade. They don't have their own first round pick really until 2026. I don't And they'd trade that tomorrow if they could get a, anybody. Of course they would. <laughs> of course they would. If there was an opportunity to bring might- in Kevin Durant on this team, it would be the 2026, 2027, 2028 first round picks in order to make it happen. Some of the things that I saw uh, last night when my, I was watching the game with my son, and he was, of course, he he thinks I know every answer to every question in history, and I certainly don't. Which one, the younger one or the older? The older one. Um, he was asking about, you know, LeBron breaking the record, obviously, and and they were talking about Kareem, and he was like, well, what what records does Kareem still have? And the two that I know of that he still has is most field goals made and most wins by a player. Really? Uh, and the wins, he's LeBron is second, and there's a it's a good ways between the two of them. LeBron is also second in the field goals made. And he was like, well, how can that be that he's, LeBron's got fewer field goals made, but Kareem has had more more points? And he was like, I said, well, Kareem made one three-pointer in his entire career. That's the most amazing stat. That he had over 30,000 points. And he only made one three-pointer. One three-pointer LeBron, ever. Yeah, LeBron James has made over 2,200 three-pointers in his career. The next person that's even over 2,000 in the all-time scoring list is number 17, Paul Pierce, who has 2,143 made three-pointers. Everyone else is well under LeBron James's three-pointers. So the 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 evolution of the NBA game the evolution of the NBA player to have a guy of LeBron's size be a three-point shooter. That was the bet. Over changes like two, everything. Over two and a half, one and a half threes, whatever it was. I mean, he might have had an off night and not broken the record, but he was going to hit a couple threes. I mean, he had like yeah. 200 people. I mean, you said crowd. that, it's, taking shots you know, from way was, outside. Like, yeah. you said that that would he probably can, happen. How did anyone think he wasn't going to do this tonight? <laughs> like, do you think that, all, do you think that, like, after having a He didn't meeting, bet it. AJ didn't think, bet it. Do you think that this is bet shaming me? No, it's not just you. I heard so many people talk about this and put it on Twitter. I didn't bet it. I was going to bet did people think that LeBron was going to have a mediocre game last night and then all of a sudden Dwayne yeah. Wade, Jay-Z, <laughs> this is why Mello, they yeah, all yeah. just this come is why back on Thursday? Efficient 28, efficient 28. Wait, wait, they all just come back on Thursday? Like, oh, man, we just gave up all of our plans to fly private to L.A. to come to this game, game on down. Tuesday night. Got that win. Got that win. You got to get the playoffs. This is why now they're just going to come back down. to the game on Thursday? This is why Scott's an asshole. The I, thing, the thing is though, is that the 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 books, and I understand you weren't coming from it from an angle of anti-LeBron. You were coming at from it from an anti-book angle. Yeah, I just thinking how high can the cockroaches make this line that it, the under is a good value, and it makes sense because right. if you compare it to what his prop is every single night, yeah, it's criminal to juice it up by four points. So, in you know, in that aspect. There's value on the bet. If you got that every time, if you got that closing line value, for lack of a better term, every single night, wouldn't you bet it every yeah, single night? No doubt. If I told you the player prop was going to be three to four points higher than average, than average yep. every single night, you'd bet the under every you have time. You Every time. But just the circumstances surrounding this, the theatrics of it, the, the people that were in attendance last night, 
to have those people then come back the next day. It's like with Aaron Judge. How many days in a row could Roger Maris' son be at the game? You know? It's like, and then and then he doesn't do it. And they're like, are you gonna fly to Toronto now with the team? Oh yeah, they're gonna you know like how you know how much do the Yankees spend on plane tickets to bring Roger Maris' son on the road with them to make sure he was in attendance when Judge hit 62? We talked about some of the props that were available uh for last night's game. And one of them was, who will LeBron James thank first after breaking the record? God was plus 100. Mom plus 250. Wife plus 350. Nope. Dad plus 600. You don't hear LeBron talk about his dad very often. That was a long shot. Coaches plus 800. Teammates plus 800. His kids plus 1,400. Any other person plus 1,400, there's your winner. Cash it. Laker Nation. Laker Faithful uh, was the the first. Thanks to the Laker Faithful for supporting him. What were the odds on him dropping an F-bomb? Those were not available on the board. I can't imagine they would have been. Uh, it, I, it had I, to have been I a long it, shot. I put it at plus 10,000. You see how he gets preferential treat? I mean, they had their hand on the button, and it's like. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. You know go. why? Because it's like, what was Real it? moment. Was it, it had to have been, it was after midnight Eastern time, so they were just like, whatever, let it go. Let it go. TNT, we know drama. (laughs) The the prop on which quarter will LeBron break the scoring record, the two favorites, the first quarter was plus 125, which would have assumed that he broke it next game. I was about to say, he's got 36 in the first quarter. Uh, The fourth quarter was the second favorite at plus 200. Because that was assuming last night. Yep. Second quarter was plus 400. The third quarter, the long shot, plus 450. Ooh, congrats. To the window. Congrats to anybody who cashed that one. And doing it on a two-point shot, minus 170. I lost that one. Uh, Over, under, four and a half minute stoppage. Well over, friends. Do not worry. Do not fret. That one is cashed. Everybody was tweeting out, like, how do they continue the game after this? <laughs> LeBron didn't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he... <laughs> they still have to play a game, and and it was it was bizarre. Um, looking at see if it was counted as assisted, Westbrook handed it off. It was one of those. I don't think it was assisted. No, it's like I said, it was an ISO play. Yeah, it was very it was very much like we said. Well, but I thought it was going to be from the top of the key and be a three pointer. Well, I found something interesting. A game I wanted to play with you guys live on air. Okay. Uh, this is a list from August of 2011 on Bleacher Report. Written by? Uh, Adam Ryder. Never heard of him. Ten players who could break the all-time scoring record. Now, mind you, this was 2011. 2011. Okay. So. So, wh- it, can I, can I, I want to guess some names. Okay. Is that yeah, how you want to well, do this? Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Well, so first it, off, it, was LeBron on the list? LeBron was on the list, Clearly. of course. Okay. So, it, it, the way this, li- it, the way it says, is, it says one of the more impressive career records of all time, Kareem's incredible feat of scoring 38,387 points over his 19-year NBA career is often overlooked, more so out of ignorance than an impressive record. Many greats such as Karl Malone, Hakeem, Wilkins, and some guy named Michael Jordan have tried. They came close, but in the end, they failed to break the so mark. What was the this is a list of 10 current players that have a chance at breaking his record. Okay, so that what was what was the basis of this article? Was was there or was somebody 2011 was like Kobe approaching like a milestone is that why? Is uh, that why like they wrote, they wrote the article? I think I think it's just yeah. this was like a I think this was a time passing article. Okay. Uh, so I'm I'm going to say the first person on the list is Kobe. The, he is number 3 on the list. Kobe Bryant. 
Okay. So it says, uh, he says, I've been a Lakers fan for a long time, as, I, as long as I can remember, and putting Kobe at the three spot is tough for me because it means his career is coming to an end. He's reaching the end of his prime, if not past it already. Uh, and he's still arguably one of the 10 to 15 best players all time, but he's getting older, dealing with injuries. And, um, he's, but he had, he had said he had only missed nine games. He said, if he can average 25 points per game, which he's done 10 of the last 11 seasons, he would break the record within five years. We all know he did not. Okay. So Kobe was number three on the list. LeBron was on the list. So LeBron there's eight was, more players. LeBron was number one on the list. Okay, number one. All right, I'm going to say Carmelo Anthony was on the list. Carmelo Anthony, number four on the list. Kevin okay. Durant, number two. Kevin Durant, number two, definitely. Yeah, okay, Durant, number two. Now, the re- now so one of them is... Okay, Dirk? Dirk was number 10 on the list. Okay, so, so we have five more left, right? Yeah, and there's one that I'll be honest, I don't think I would have been thinking about in 2011... But now, everything that's happened between 2011 and now, it's like, oh, that makes some sense. James Harden. Not James Harden. Is he on the list? He's not on the list. Okay. Uh, Remember, he was, a, he was a sixth man back then. Dwayne Wade? <laughs> Dwayne Wade, not on the list. Steph Curry? Steph Curry, number six. There were some of us that believed at that point. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty amazing. Some of us, some of them, I didn't believe at Davidson. That, that was crazy. Wow, Curry? Okay. Truth all along. Curry right now is, I mean, where is he on the all-time list? Uh, That'd be like. In the 40s? I'll give you a a number five who is um, would probably be higher on this list or maybe have have, had had a real chance at it uh, without injuries. (laughs) It's not Dwayne Wade. (laughs) Think Uh, think about 2011, a guy who had a really promising career and it it was injuries took it away. Derrick Rose, number five. Okay, so that that one made some sense to me, too. Um, How many are we missing at this point? The, we're missing seven, eight, and nine. Seven, eight, and nine. And there's no, there's no Harden on the list. No Wade. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook not on the list. Huh. They're both like top twenty-five all-time scorers. By the way, I, you know what? I don't think you're going to get any of these three. Really? Right, that, that's, that, that makes me want to get even more. All right, let me get one more guess. The, I mean, uh, they're, in hindsight, they're all absurd. <laughs> like, so Amari one of, Stoudemire. No. One of them was in his second year in the NBA, a number one overall pick who had had a good rookie season, was making a big splash at the time. Might still be in the league on the bench somewhere. Michael Carter-Williams? No. Like, uh, <laughs> wow, that's that's like. And and it's somebody that that didn't even wind up having a good career. I know he had a like good a, career, like a, lot, like a lot of points. It's Blake Griffin, number seven. Oh, okay. Why would they ever think Blake Griffin I, is going to score a lot of points? It's a, it's an absurd uh, an absurd placement on the list. First of all, all right. But, uh, so so are we? Chris Paul's not on the list, is he? Not on the list. Okay. Um, what, what year or a range of years was where these players? Were they second year like Blake Griffin? No, uh, I'm going to say in 2011, number eight would have been 25 years old, and number nine would have been like 23. Uh, one guard, one big. Anthony Davis? No. DeMarcus Cousins? All right. I'm out Kevin Garnett? I'll give you the big first because it's the most absurd. Brooke Lopez. Oh, my no. God. Oh, my God. I'm going to fire this guy. <laughs> That wouldn't have been my next guess. <laughs> Didn't think it would be. Uh, and it's, well, here's what he said. It said, 
Lopez is already a talented scorer in the post. His imposing post moves and quantity of post moves bolster his already lethal post shot. The real X factor is his point guard, Darren Williams. Underrated passer in the NBA. If they stay together, Brooke will definitely have a shot at breaking Kareem's record. So, in many ways, he's vindicated because, because they Williams didn't stay fault. together. Yeah, yeah. yeah they didn't. Yeah. If, had Darren Williams and Brooke Lopez stayed together, <laughs> we're probably celebrating Brooke Lopez tonight instead of LeBron. Yeah, I think I think I Brooke's think both Brooke, of them. Darren Williams' career would have been better. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I think Brooke's been okay playing with Giannis. I mean, uh, once he added the three-point shot, <laughs> yeah. unstoppable. All right, the other guard, who are we missing? Are we missing like Kyle Lowry? Uh, played with Steph Curry early in his career. Monte Ellis? Monte Ellis, was... number eight on the list. What? <laughs> How well, many career points? Later here's what, here's what he said. Guy. Uh, guy had averaged 25 and a half and 24 points per game the last two seasons. Bro. He had to put him on the list. Monte Ellis is 160th on the NBA all-time How scoring. guys have scored 20? Gail Goodridge was scoring 25 a game. <laughs> no one's like, watch out. He's 135th on the all-time list. <laughs> So now let's fast Brooke forward. Lopez at least was 148 on the list. <laughs> let's fast forward and to today. And, and if you go through, I mean, the list of, of guys who are currently active Durant in the top 50. There's Durant's number 16 all time. That It is a short, short list. I ask you guys this question. Can anybody catch LeBron uh, of these active players today? Well, it all depends on how long he wants to play. If he's going to play till his son's, son's in the league, that's another two years. Maybe his younger son is even better, people say. That's another four years. It's, I mean, he looks as fast and as strong and as lean as ever. I don't see why he can't keep going. I think even it's Tom also – so if Steph Curry plays six more years – that would be playing until he's 40 years old. Steph Curry, 44th on the all-time list right now. If he plays six more years till he's 40 years old, does he have a chance? I mean, how many games does he play in a year? Probably like on average 60. Like yeah. when you when don't you say like an eight thousand or a two thousand point season would be phenomenal, right? Like that's a, a huge yeah. year, right? Yeah. So if he does that for the next six seasons, that would put him at number five all time. Steph Curry. Yeah. So yeah, and he, that, that's and, like and the most optimistic, or he maybe plays another season slightly less efficient. Yeah, he'd still be five possible. seasons behind LeBron, yeah. and LeBron is still going now. Yeah, he had a lot of injuries early in his career. Kevin Durant, I could see, I could see him playing another ten. Years. Kevin Durant currently at twenty six six eighty four, uh, so he's at about three quarters of what LeBron has done. So two thousand a season. What is he? Six, six seasons, six seasons after LeBron stops, which is whenever. So. Yeah, but KD's, I think KD's health has to be a question mark at oh, yeah, this point, totally. too. So I think anybody who's played this long, their health has to come into question. Uh, the so, other active so players let, on the let, list. Let, let me ask. Carmelo's active on this. On <laughs> it is weird. Reference. Yeah. Yeah, why? Giannis is 28 years old. If he plays 10 more years in the league to be, that's where LeBron James is right now. What would 10 more years of Giannis at his current average give him? Let's just give him 2,000 a season. He's pretty healthy. That's, that'd so that's put him at 25,000. Eight more seasons. That'd put, him at about, that'd put him at about 29 on the list, 28 on the list. It's 10 more seasons he's like, like that's distance. That's how crazy what LeBron has done is because, and no, I mean, to be going from 19 to 40 and still 
playing at like at least scoring at this level is certainly unprecedented, and I don't know that we'll see it again. Uh, no, you'd have to look at just how old is Giannis? He's twenty eight. Giannis is twenty eight. It's possible, but yeah, he probably slows down scoring. He probably changes. Yeah. You know, is there a 22 year old that that you know we can look at that can play for 15 years and uh, I don't know honestly, I don't know who that guy would be. Yeah. It's so hard to to look at these Victor you know Wimbayama. rookies and and young players and things like that. Yeah, I mean it really like there's guys who are you know relatively young like Jimmy Butler is he's not old. But he doesn't have time to do anything like this. I mean, he's 224th on the list. He's not even like he's a third of the points that LeBron scored. Like could J- Jason Tatum? Tatum's 24 I used years to old. Watching the NBA where they played 41 minutes a game. <laughs> they came down to the wire every game, and Gilbert Arenas was scoring 50. It's not like that anymore. No, J- it's Jason, not. Jason Tatum averages 30.9 points per game. He's 24 years old. 82. They're playing 60 games, and they're playing 30 minutes. No one's going to break this. He's averaging no, that one's for his, break, no one's breaking this record. He's averaging that for his career? No, this season. Okay. For well, his career, uh, Tatum – let's see. I'm looking at his splits, not his stats. For his career, Tatum averages 22.2. That's the problem. Jason Tatum's averaging – He's yeah. averaging 30 this year yeah. in a career year. Mm-hmm. LeBron's at 30 this year at age 38. I know. That's why it, this feels like a record. That's that would good. be like in 14 years from now, Jason Tatum. Yeah. Doing I think it's crazy at this point to say records are unbreakable because they are for the most. Like there's some baseball records that are un- like pitching records that are unbreakable. Cal Ripken streak. No one's ever going to break. Eh, I, I don't know. I know like. Who's at the, who, who has the active streak? Like most most wins. Like uh, uh, that that's not possible. Strikeouts probably not possible because guys don't pitch as many innings now. But modern medicine with most other sports, allows players' careers to go longer and things like that. But it just feels like just looking at the list of current players and how far away they are, it feels like this. Is, no one's going to do this. Like, it would take someone playing to, like, a Tom Brady. Like, it would it would have to be someone playing at 45 years old at a high level who, who started out incredibly incredibly well early as well. It's just, so it's act, just rare. Active, in case you were in baseball, yeah. Whit Merrifield, uh, July 10th, of last year actually had his streak snapped at 553 games. Was that COVID related? I don't like, was that maybe. One, what? Because wasn't he playing oh, so, for somewhere like? But 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 sets it back another century. They, it was, five, that was, they that, asked him to go to Toronto and he wouldn't go. But right? That's 553. Cal Ripken 2632. Yeah. It's never going to be broken I mean, ever. When they broke the record, when he broke the record, LeBron James, Adam Silver said something interesting, which made me think and put it in perspective for me. People didn't think the record would be broken, and the record was 39 years old. So, like, we can't imagine anyone yep. doing it. You're right. LeBron James hasn't been born for 20 years, the next Le- LeBron James too. You know, and then he's going to do it, or however it would work. Yeah. I guess he's born now. Well, think about it. Like but, it but the way the record, the, game, the record was older than LeBron. Yeah. Exactly. But the way that the game has evolved now with players taking nights off, and, and I just don't think we're going to see a player score this babies, much. We might have, like, earlier – like man, there's this guy. Watch out. This is the the thing that l- makes LeBron like a it's freak show. Right now, 38 years from now, it's going to be broken. LeBron in his will the game even be the same 39 years from now? There might be a four point shot, so you never know. That's we could, true. We could we right. could have someone break the record because they lead. They have the career lead in four pointers. I mean, I would play three on three. I would mix up the game a little bit. Play 40 minute games. Why not have different leagues? 
After How LeBron's rookie year, when he, he scored like in 40 years. when he scored 21 points per game, which is a strong rookie season, obviously, his scoring average was never below 25 points per game again. Like, which is an indictment because you can bet against him every single game for five straight years and cash 57 percent of your bets. It's an indictment on him as a winner, but certainly not as a scorer. And that, like, that's what and that's what this is about, really. This isn't saying like LeBron's the greatest player ever, but LeBron is the the dude who's I mean we haven't seen this for 20 years a guy who can go out and score 25 points per game it's just unprecedented it really is and whether it's it's led to more or less wins than it should have the answer's probably less uh it's certainly led to probably less titles than was expected of him although I would say the expectations that were put on LeBron at age 19 were borderline absurd how many times tonight was he standing underneath the rim when Josh Giddy was tipping it to himself? <laughs> and they scored like 140 points again. Yeah. Like maybe Kevin Durant doesn't get hurt, you know, so often every January, it seems. If he prioritizes 38 and 7 and not playing any defense when he doesn't want to, instead of actually trying to win ball games. If that's what we're it, it does it does matter. Five five years of of losing to expectations. Or more than that, whenever he's on the Lakers the last few years in Cleveland, like I can't believe that I'm telling myself this five years later when I'm like, man, it's been a year. I could have just bet against him every single game. Man, it's been two years. I could have just bet against him every single <laughs> game. I haven't bet against him enough. Yeah, I, have a I have a question. He he, they don't care about winning, and, 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 we care, and, and somehow this is a celebration. Well, is there any chance at the end of the year the writers vote LeBron as the MVP? No. He's no. at plus forty five hundred to win the MVP. No, it can't happen. I, I mean, guy, in a year, lost tonight. I'm, well, I, I, I understand that because I think wins matter. And but in a year where I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs. In a yeah, year, you can't. You, in, in a year where he could maybe be the scoring leader, no. he'll win a scoring title. He'll win a scoring title and set the record. You don't think uh, there'll be a group of writers that would just no. say he's the most valuable player? No, I, I, it, it can't be. Because, I mean. You can't be the MVP on, on in a league where over half the league makes the playoffs <laughs> and then some more teams have a chance to make it. If you're not one of those teams, it's to me it's impossible to be the MVP. And there are guys like Jokic what are, what are and, and 4,500. Yeah, it, there, there's just too many guys who are having good seasons that I, I just can't – I can't even get there. And, like, even of the – of the long shot guys, like I, I would, I'd look at guys like uh, John Morant or, or someone like that before I looked at LeBron James. It, it just, it can't be. It, it's got to be from the group of guys who are on elite teams who are playing elite ball, and that's Jokic, uh, Giannis, Tatum, Embiid, and maybe by the end of the season, Luca. I, I honestly, it, I mean, KD's been injured too much, but. I can't see anyone outside of that group winning this thing. Right, well, I mean, Cam Thomas still isn't on this list, but uh, <laughs> Mackenzie, I'm telling you, the dude's the most valuable player in the league. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Here he comes. Covered tonight. They did cover. Speaking of Cam Thomas, the Nets, 43 points from Cam Thomas. They come up just short, 116-112 to Phoenix. Uh, is this, like, I guess just, Mackenzie, the, the post-Kyrie era this feels at least like promising for their future, right? Yeah. I mean, he was what? 
the second youngest player after LeBron James to score 44 in a game. Still haven't seen any of the players that they got in the Kyrie trade, yeah, so exactly. we don't it's, know it's what just, the team's going to look like It's yet. just weird to analyze anything about this team right now, and it's like the biggest sort of Damocles imaginable in this particular 24-hour span is hanging out there like, maybe he's maybe he's like their future, or, or maybe it's Kevin Durant. You know, I just still can't believe – I just still can't believe that like – Ben Simmons takes two shots the entire game. And he it's does wild. this and he does this a lot. Like, I get it. Oh, he's a good defender, or you know, he'll get he'll get rebounds. But like, how does I don't understand how you're an NBA player and like you shoot four times a game. Like five times a game. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't. People have said he doesn't want to play basketball. That's I don't know if if he doesn't. That's that's a weird position to be in because obviously you do a lot want to cash in on you know the part of your time where you can make ten million dollars a year or twenty million dollars a year. But if you don't, I mean, it's he does do some things awkward that are good on the floor besides scoring. And I understand being the guy who does some of the 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 things that don't get heralded, but you can't actively avoid. Don't you hate when someone does you a favor? It's like, no, like we're all the same. It's like, go and let's try to win. If you can score, that'd be great. But like, no, like, oh, no, like, I got you another screen right here. And this is like this rebound you wouldn't have got, but I tipped it. Great. Just play basketball. And he's not doing that. Yeah, it, it, it it's awkward, certainly. Two but, shots. But you know what? No one ever, com- like, if Dennis Rodman put up two shots in a night, no one ever complained about it. Yeah, but I mean that, that that was just his his game. I mean Ben Simmons was never was never like that. He's not Dennis Rodman. He's not that aggressive defensively. You know he got four rebounds. <laughs> uh, let's talk about a guy who had an MVP like effort in a win. Nikola Jokic, twenty points, sixteen assists, twelve rebounds. That friends is a triple double, plus forty. On the night for Jokic as the Nuggets win 146 to 112. This is why LeBron James can't possibly be considered for the MVP. Well, Jokic is minus 145 right now to be the MVP when for Jokic, a third straight year. When Jokic does stuff like that in a win, it's it's really hard to separate what he's doing from what LeBron James is doing. And like you look I mean, at the pieces. It's really easy. Yeah. 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 I was like, you look at the pieces too. It's like, why are the Nuggets 38 and 17? And LeBron's Lakers twenty five and thirty. It's because one player just elevates everybody else around him. I mean, he started shooting. His true shooting percentage is like seventy two percent. That's that's like what uh like DeAndre Jordan shoots. Yeah, like eight for ten. That's just unreal stuff for a guy that has as much game as he does. He's he's a clear runner MVP. Minus one forty is a good bet. And you know it's crazy. Like last year, there was thoughts about betting the Nuggets going into the playoffs because of the potential of them getting healthy. Everyone talked about the Nets' potential getting healthy. I feel like there was this this idea that oh, when Michael Porter Jr. comes back, when Jamal Murray comes back, this is a team that could go on a run to the NBA Finals. Well, we didn't see it because those players didn't come back. But now they're healthy this year. And they're the number one seed in the Western Conference. And you start to look around, and yes, I know that we we like the Mavericks and we like their chances, but there's a reason why the Nuggets are the favorite to win the Western Conference. I'm not going to trust the Nuggets in the playoffs until I see them do something in the playoffs. It just feels I'm a big believer that it's a different game. And when when Nikola Jokic went up against Raymond Green in the playoffs, it's it's like, all right, well, what does the rest of the team 
not a playoff, not a playoff contender. Just just guys out there. Well, maybe uh, he'll get lucky and Draymond won't be around for the playoffs. It might not be Draymond Green, <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 difficult for someone a center ever to like lead a playoff run without a great guard behind him. Uh, speaking of sinners, on the other side of that game, Rudy Gobert, two shot attempts tonight, zero points for Rudy Gobert. Uh, I would say the tremendous trade, the battle of the bigs. <laughs> That's the question: Is it the worst trade? The battle of the bigs was for won, Danny Ainge. was won by Jokic <laughs> uh, last night. One more game we'll highlight here: uh, the Memphis Grizzlies with a an absolute thrashing of the Chicago Bulls, one hundred four eighty nine. And uh, this was a couple. John Morant obviously had a great night again. Uh, he puts up thirty four and seven assists. Had six rebounds, but Triple J with 24 points, five blocks on the night as well. You know, last year, all of everyone that I, I worked with and I was associated with last year, we all had mm. Jaron Jackson Jr. to win Defensive mm. Player of the Year. This was a big thing. It was a running, you know, storyline with us uh, all, all together. I remember that. I had the ticket at 5,500. Other guys had it at sixty to one. Five to one, you had. Yeah, at fifty-five to one. Other guys had it at sixty to one, and some even had it at a hundred to one. Um, it came down like really close to the end of the year, where there was a legit chance that we thought he was going to win this award. Turns out the voters didn't look at some of the things that they should have looked at, but they are looking <laughs> at it this year because <laughs> because this year he is minus two twenty. Ooh. To be the defensive player of the year, it's like they saw what happened last year and they were like, "We just we don't we think it's a fluke. We don't believe it." But then he's doing it again this year, and it's like, "Yeah, he's he's the best defensive player in the NBA." Marcus Smart was one of the better defensive players on his team. Jaron Jackson Jr. though probably has been the best defensive player over the last two years. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if you had said last year, who's more valuable defensively, Marcus Smart or Time Lord? Like you could have had a real discussion about it, right? I think most people would say the guy that didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. I don't, I don't talk to every single – I don't poll every Celtics fan. It is weird how that works. And last year when I liked the Grizzlies uh, to, to go over their win total, uh, one, of the, one of the guys I was telling McKenzie that I like a lot was Brandon Clark. I said this guy's going to be a walking double-double in the NBA. Double-double last night. He's finally getting some meaningful minutes this year, which is nice to see. One, I, he was one of my favorite players in college. I said, this guy's game is built for the NBA. Uh, 13 points, 13 boards last night for Brandon Clark. Tonight in the NBA, my Cavs, 12-and-a-half-point favorites at the Pistons. At the Pistons... Are they starting? Are they still fighting? I know there was a time when they like they were showing more fight than they should have been. No, they're they're so bad. My numbers make, <laughs> my numbers make it fifteen, but I'm like, I mean, it's can it really be fifteen? Rivalry, I guess. Ugh. I don't know. I, it's Cavs or pass for me for sure. There's some real bad teams out there right now. The Miami Heat seven point favorites over the Pacers. Another one of those really bad teams. San Antonio plus eleven at the Raptors. Is that and San Antonio has been properly tanking, right? Yeah, I mean they're two points worse than the Pistons, and the Pistons are as bad as you know to be. <laughs> it's it's all my numbers are going to say that the favorite is is way inflated. And if you've been betting the the you know against these teams recently, you've been doing well. But you know I've I've been around the NBA betting market long enough to know that you just it's you know sometimes you got you got to pass games even if even if your numbers give you a couple points of value on the favorite because motivation is a question mark when it's. Well, I got a question on, on the game for tonight. Kings and Rockets play again. This is one of those NBAs, not even a home-and-home. Home. Like, they just played in Houston, yeah. took a night off, 
Now they're playing again. It's it's a weird scheduling spot, but the NBA has been doing this a lot lately. The Kings won by 20 the other night. Yep. Do, does does this now affect anything? Does uh, I usually like betting on the team that lost yes. the first game of the home-and-home. Home. The scheduling spot that you're speaking of is a consistent trend that we've had, you know, on and off in the NBA for a while, and it very much says you want to bet the team that lost, especially if they're home, especially early in the game, first half bets. However, matchup-wise, I love the Kings here. They've won three in a row in this particular matchup this year, and they've all been blowouts. So um, I'll probably lay off the game, but but uh, I, I'd be I'd be I'd be if I was going to bet the Rockets, I'd, I'd bet them in the first half because the trend says bet them in the first half. Interesting. Seventy Sixers are at Boston. Uh, what, what, which team right now is, is operating at a higher level? Are the rumors of KD for JB, which was trending all day Monday on Twitter, uh, and some of Tuesday even, uh, is that a distraction for this Celtics team? How real are illnesses? Because, you know, we missed, you know, a couple days the past calendar year, the three of us, because of illnesses. I missed one Athletes day. Athletes missed, like, you know, every other week. And it was it was <laughs> a couple hours after Stephen A. Smith said, uh, you know, I've been hearing it's imminent, JB for KD. Then he gets illness and misses that game. Undisclosed illness, non-COVID. Um, maybe he was just pissed. I mean, it seems like the momentum has died down on that. But, you know, there's not, there's not much to report until there's the big news. So it's a big question mark. Warriors catching three at Portland. And the Dallas Mavericks plus seven and a half at the Clippers. Is, is this the debut of Kyrie Irving? Uh, that was the initial. That, that was the initial report, but this number I mean, says Kyrie no, Irving, right? Yeah, if Kyrie Irving's playing, I mean, maybe Luke is still out with the heel. I was imagine they'd bring those two together, but um, yeah, it's a wait and see. I don't know. Speaking of Kyrie Irving, he was introduced to the uh, media yesterday and uh, basically said that he felt disrespected by the Brooklyn Nets at times. Is that, was that a surprise to anybody? I think that's fair, right? They, uh, yeah, I don't think that's a shocker. They, the quote was, he wanted an extension. They didn't offer him one. I, th- I think that most guys would say that in the NBA. He's, quote, I just know right. I want to be places where I'm celebrated and not just tolerated or just kind of dealt with in a way that doesn't make me feel respected. He goes, there were times throughout this process when I was in Brooklyn where I felt very disrespected and my talent I work extremely hard at what I do. No one ever talks about my work ethic, though. Everyone talks about what I'm doing off the floor. So I just wanted to change that narrative, write my own story, and just continue preparing in the gym. And now that I'm in Dallas, just focus on what I can control, end quote. Well, in a way that I I get that he feels disrespected, I also think it's a weird thing for him to talk about it. Like, we all knew the deal in Brooklyn. It just was was an unhappy marriage. I don't think... I, I don't think that Kyrie gave everything he could possibly give to Brooklyn. I don't think Brooklyn gave everything they could possibly give to Kyrie. I think it was certainly time to to break that thing up because both team, both parties probably felt like they weren't getting 100% from the other. And if that's the case, probably is best to move on, right? Like, especially when you're talking millions of dollars a year, it's nobody wants to feel like they're getting shorted on that. The Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant are engaged uh, in conversations, Josiah, Sean Marks, the, on the direction of the franchise. Down. It feels like <laughs> down. Um, now, so far it says, and this is according to ESPN, quote, the Nets have insisted to Durant and inquiring teams that they have no intent 
of moving him prior to Thursday afternoon's trade deadline. Um, I don't, I mean, again, this boils down to if Kevin Durant comes out and publicly says once again, hey, I don't want to be here. Or privately says. Yeah, Maybe. but that would, again, I don't, and I don't know that Kevin Durant's all that worried about his image, but when you ask for a trade in the offseason and then rescind it and then ask for a trade before the trade deadline again, you're starting to kind of look like not a good guy. What, what's the rule? Of, I mean, like, if you begrudgingly play for a team, you play great for them. Yeah. And like, it's did he rescind it saying, like, and now this is my team forever? I'm sorry? Like, did he come back? Like, Well, everyone flowers? should just sign one-year deals. Well, no players want to sign a one-year deal. They all well, want long-term security. Then don't try and get out of uh, a team after you know you sign a deal. You sign a contract. Honor your contract. There's no such thing anymore about honoring contracts. There's always a way to get out of it. Well, he's got three years and a hundred. Give me more money and more years, but in less than half the time I signed for, I'm going to ask to leave. Three years, 153 left on his contract after. I mean, people this will season. say in the same sentence: they gave him the franchise. They just didn't give Kyrie any money. They, like what? They, they they gave them the they gave the the players the franchise, except they didn't give one of the two principal players a long term deal that secured him there because he didn't want to get a shot. It, it, it's people talk on both sides of their mouth in this particular team. I would want to not be part of that franchise if I'm Kevin Durant. At the same time, he's a professional, and if they if they play hardball, I would imagine that he's be out, he'd be out there, and I think it would suck. It would be a bad. <laughs> Vibe, you know, in the arena. No one, no one likes Barkley. Goes to Barkley Center, that lives in Brooklyn anyway. Blow it up. It does feel like. I agree. The best thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it feels like now. It's you're better off if you're the Nets. You you're better off waiting for the end of the season. It feels like you get more for KD at the end of the season. Sure. When you've got like people have salary cap space, and you can you can work things out. Expiring contracts, you can work things out better. You can pull a greater haul for him. Because if you got, if I, I'll be honest, if I'm the Nets and I've got three years and 153 million of KD left, if I'm not blown away, I'm sorry, KD, you're just going to have to begrudgingly come play basketball here because that's what you agreed to do. But if I can get an offer that blows me away, and what I would assume that could happen in the offseason, I'd assume there's a lot of teams that would love to have Kevin Durant, would love to offer the moon for him. That's what I would be waiting for. Let's talk some football. Super Bowl just is it, what? There's a football away. match happening or something. Yep, we got yep. something, something in the works. Just days away. There's going to be plenty of prop discussion. We have the big Dream Pod recording later on tonight, so that'll be out tomorrow. So there's going to be so much Super Bowl coverage at pregame.com. You're going to be uh, just, you're going to be full, like on Thanksgiving, full. <laughs> of Super Bowl props and bets and all nuggets. Uh, but there is news around the league. Aaron Rodgers goes dark. Oh. Black dark or just regular dark? No, he's just going into a dark room for four days, and that's going to decide his future. Yes. Like yeah. Yeah. So like, Aaron, what, what, what else could the answer yeah, be, McKenzie? Aaron Rodgers basically told Pat McAfee that he's going on a four-day, four-night darkness retreat where he's going to do some reflection in isolation and but not literal reflection because there's no light in there correct yeah internal reflection right basically this dude is going to be tripping and <laughs> um in the darkness oh you think darkness is your ally you merely adopted the dark i was born in it molded by it 
I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but blinding. Here's the thing that worries me about It's that. like that episode of Entourage where they took shrooms and Joshua Tree to decide whether or not Vince should do the Benji movie yeah. or not. Like, that's that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing. He's going to go, <laughs> he's, he's go trip in the darkness, Benji and, and Benji. he's going to uh, figure out whether or not he should play and who he should play for next year. In four days, he's going to have to use the restroom. Yeah. How do you find the toilet when it's pitch black? You remember, I like Northwest for this, Southwest for that. Stay east all day. Okay. You get to the toilet. The, peeing you can handle. Uh-huh. When the time comes for number two. Why, why, are, you, why are we doing this? How do you know, <laughs> but, how do you know when you're properly maybe, cleaned? But, like, but, it's, but, it's too much involved. Maybe, maybe, I like brightly lit retreats. He's right? not I don't going know. to go number two because he's not eating. Oh, he's going to eat. I don't eat. think he's eating. Here's what he says. Okay. He says, quote, it's just sitting in isolation, meditation, dealing with your thoughts. It stimulates DMT, so... There's kind of going to be some hallucinations in there, but it's just kind of sitting in silence, which most of us never do. We rarely even turn our phone off or put the <laughs> blinds down to sleep in darkness. I'm really looking forward to it. I have to sleep in the darkness. I need it. And then McAfee was like, so you're going to get tripping balls? No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't listen to the show, but that's probably what the conversation was. So, yeah, we all know he's a weird dude, right? The ayahuasca last year. Now this darkness retreat this year, he's bizarre. But, it, hey, if it means he comes to the Raiders and throws 40-something 40 touchdowns, we'll take it. <laughs> now, now imagine you're the GM of the Green Bay Packers, and you, you text Aaron and you say, hey, bud, we any closer on a decision? You playing with us next year? What are we looking at? <laughs> and he says, you know, I'll let you know in a week when I come out from the darkness. Do you feel, if you're the Packers GM, do you feel like this is going to go our way? Because I feel like it, there's almost no chance it goes his way. Like, it's almost no chance that Aaron Rodgers comes out of that dark hole and says, you know what? I'm a Packer, baby. Like, it, it just doesn't seem right. Let me, let, me, let me ask you an honest question. What's more bizarre behavior? Tom Brady posting an, uh, an underwear selfie. That was very bizarre. Or Aaron Rodgers saying that he's going to go trip in the dark for four days. No, the Aaron Rodgers thing is more bizarre. All right. Like, Tom Brady's a model. Like, seeing, seeing models in their underwear. And a, and a single model now. That's right. Yeah. Like, we're, you better get used to Tom Brady in his underwear, Scott, is all I can tell you. Uh, this feels different, although he did say no ayahuasca yeah, that's what I'm saying. in the dark. But he's still going to trip. He's still going to hallucinate. Naturally, yeah, it's naturally. Not... I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna go four days in total you think darkness. He's telling the Packers like, I want you to pretend that this is your agency and you're gonna find a good trade and you're gonna say, hey, this is best for us. But come on, obviously it's over, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come out of this retreat and you're, I'm gonna at, you're gonna you're gonna find out for me. I feel like I feel like he's trying to get uh, some momentum. Darkness, you know, there's a lot of metaphor metaphor there. I think uh, I think he could trade it to the Raiders. Well, speaking of the Raiders, Derek Carr uh, is going to talk with the Saints. The New Orleans Saints have been granted permission uh, with the you know Derek. Derek Carr has been granted permission because he's still technically a member of the Raiders. So he is visiting with the with the Saints, and maybe they work out a trade. Does that fit? It. it I think it does. Uh, I. I think. I've said this many times, and I go back to it. If I'm Derek Carr, I'm just making you cut me. 
Like I'm not asking to be, I'm not looking for a trade. I'm not asking my future team to give up assets when, if you don't want me here, you have to cut me and you're, and I, I can go wherever I choose. Uh, but it does make some sense for the Saints, certainly, who have had inconsistent play at quarterback the last couple of years. I think yeah. that's a, a nice way to put it. Certainly an upgrade from anything they've had recently. Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, T- Taysom Hill. Yeah. What's their win total next year? It was what, uh, seven and a half last year, bet up to eight and a half almost. Uh, the, with, the, the, with their car, the division still stinks. With so. their car, I could see eight and a half again. Yeah, I think they're at least as good because their defense is solid. Otherwise, maybe a half game worse. Defense is solid. No Tom Brady on the Bucks now. The the Panthers maybe maybe they'll be better. I don't know. The division's not good, so I actually would think that the Saints would be the favorite to win the division. I think they will be. Yeah. If they get Derek Carr, they're the favorite to win the NFC South for sure. Because uh, no one's favorite to win nine games. <laughs> the, <laughs> no. the 49ers, Mac, have a new defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, who thought he was going to get the Panthers job. This head, is so head predictable, coach. by the way. Do, do you know that? Do you say, I think I'm going to get the Panthers job? No. Uh, well, he no. thought he was. That's why there was, that's why there's a lawsuit or whatever, or it was going to be a part of the lawsuit really? against the NFL. I didn't know this detail. Okay. I mean, I assume everyone's you know cautiously optimistic when interviewing. This is an incredibly predictable hire by the 49ers. The 49ers have figured out that having black coordinators is like the best thing for their draft portfolio because every year their defense is awesome. Whoever coaches it is going to get a head coaching offer. And they're like, well, if somebody's going to poach our, if they're going to poach our defensive coordinators, let's have a minority and get rewarded for it. And this is two years in a row that their defensive coordinator has been poached. Steve Wilkes, if Steve Wilkes was indeed on the, on the border of getting a head coaching job this year, I would say a year coaching the 49ers defense and the talent that they have on that defense will do nothing but raise his stock. I don't know that he'll instantly get a head coaching job, but this is a guy, once again, a guy who's on the borderline of being a head coach that the 49ers say, oh, we can get you to be RDC? Great. The 49ers continue to make every right move, it seems like, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to – I mean, the Trey Lance trade still feels – hard it's hard to get to to that working that's the one like every team makes mistakes every year if that is a mistake that's the one mistake they've made in like five years and they're still right on top of the nfc every year 49ers have been awarded five third round picks in exchange for developing minority candidates who went on to top level coaching and executive positions it's brilliant five other teams were awarded a total of 10 picks but the 49ers were awarded five picks for helping launch Commander's new general manager, Martin Mayhew, Jets head coach Robert Sala, Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel, two more picks for Ron Carthon, recently named the Titans uh, GM, and they're going to get another one because of D'Amico Ryan. Now, McKenzie, I'll ask you, is this coincidence or is this part of the uh, part of the part of the plan? Honestly, I'd like to think it's me. I'd like to think it's Ryan Lander. You know, <laughs> just listen to 50 Cent. Little flip with with Kyle, you know, just you know, just just being real, just being like, hey, you know, I'm a minority, but if I was coaching, maybe I'd be a good coach because I'm beating you at Madden, uh, <laughs> you know. But you can't design your own plays in Madden. He broke it down for me. It doesn't work. Real plays don't work if you put them in the game. I found that out. Fair enough. Do you, but do you, do you find it? Do you think this is just a coincidence that they are doing this, or do that you Kyle's think... real as fuck? No, no. That I'm saying that they that they <laughs> are hiring guys who are on the precipice of that next step, who happen to be minorities that they're going to get rewarded. I think they for. want the best defense they can get. 
and they've been they want the best uh, you know personnel people they can get. They've been hiring the best people, and they're not sparing expense on these guys. Like you know, they they're going out and getting the best guys. I. The 49ers are quickly rising up my charts as like the smartest organization in football. I know for for years it's been the Patriots. And I'd love to see the 49ers be – it's hard to crown them that until they have a trophy. I mean, I got to say it. Like, uh, they've done everything right except for the most important position, which is maybe the most crapshoot position, quarterback. I mm-hmm. don't know. It's, it's not like it's not like – Brady was like, I mean, uh, Belichick was like, I got a plan. I'm going to go to New England, and then there's this guy in Michigan no one knows about. You're right. You're right, but what they did do was they said, okay, our quarterback situation, not great right now. How do we fix it? I don't know. Let's just go. Let's trade for the best running back in football maybe. Let's let's up everything else around. Let's build our – Let's let's up the troops around him and hope that that, the rising tide raises his ship. They just do everything the right way, so – uh, I continue to be impressed with the 49ers. I don't think Steve Wilkes w- was on his like I don't know that I would have great ATS. hired Steve. I was Wilkes. surprised it's like 60% or something. I mean, he's terrible straight up, but uh very expe- uh impressive this year what 6 and 6. And I thought that I thought Frank Reich obviously was a I said before he got hired I said this is a guy I'd be looking to hire. I, I don't I thought it was crazy the Colts fired him. I think he's one of the 15 or 20 best coaches in football. So I don't think it's crazy that they hired Frank Reich over Steve Wilkes. But I, I'm not saying Steve Wilkes can't coach in the NFL again. And much like these guys who go to Alabama and they become the OC for a mm-hmm. year, and the next thing you know, they're, they they got another big job, it feels like Steve Wilkes could be right back in the saddle again with another big year or two. Because the 49ers, one, one thing we know, whoever's coaching it, the 49ers defense is going to be good. Yeah. You know, barring massive injuries, the 49ers are going to be good on defense because they've got good players on defense. Scheme. All you got to do is just not screw it up, like like don't don't blow it. And I don't think Steve Wilkes blows it. So this is a, a great hire, I think. Well, Scott, the system works again, and I'll be honest. This time, it saved me money. It still hasn't won me money. It saved me money though with Marquette, who I like Marquette a lot. I had Marquette circled coming into the week, and Mark number ten in the country, Marquette. Ended up closing a six-point dog. It was four and a half most of the day yesterday. I saw it tick to five, and I was like, oh, five and a half? What? Somebody not playing? Six? And then I said, people are following the system. It was just us. We moved the line. I think that's what the it is. The system wins again. It's, you, now, it's like on like a seven or eight-game run right now, the yeah, system. UConn wins 87 to 72 and you never had to sweat this game at the under 14 timeout was 22 to 6. So what was the ranking situation? This was number 10 Marquette at number 21 Yukon. And number 21 Yukon was favored. <sighs> Disrespectful. The system 21? the Come system on. never fails. The system prevails. I- I, lower I don't know team. if we should say the system never fails, <laughs> but it hasn't failed in a long-ass time. Yeah, and when it does, it's rare because it's now, according to my calculations, 42-22 and 22 overall. And that, we can talk about home teams, sure, but this is just all situations. Lower-ranked team favored over a higher-ranked team. This does also include unranked teams who are favored over ranked teams because that classifies them as lower-ranked. Now, if we look at the schedule tonight, 
I think we have two system plays. West Virginia, yep. unranked, at home, a three-and-a-half-point favorite against number 11, Iowa State. Are you on board, AJ, or are you against it? I am not against it for sure. You've been up there? Uh, to West Virginia? Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be quite a crowd. I know for football, it's it's a tough it's a tough place to travel to, and it's a it is a crowd. There is a crowd. So, uh, it, it, the number opened at two and a half. It's gotten on the wrong side of three mm. for me. Um, a better team. Uh, oh, Iowa State's a way better team. Iowa State's Actually, lost. They're four point underdogs. I'm I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Iowa State's <laughs> lost their last four road games, though. Uh, they go home and they're smashing Kansas. They're smashing Texas. Go on the road, not so good. West Virginia, one of the toughest road trips. And West Virginia is at the point where they are, because the Big 12 is so great, you're looking at maybe eight, nine bid league. West Virginia is at the bottom of the Big 12. They need some signature wins uh, to, to get into the tournament. Because Country it's, it's, road, take me home. Take me home. Uh, the other system play I'm on with. San Diego State is a two-point dog at Utah State. Utah State, the best three-point shooting team in the land. Oh, boy. In, in the whole wide country. Uh, San Diego State, they have a, an elite shot blocker named Nathan Mensa. They take away a lot of what you can do inside. Utah State, like bottom 20, uh, like percentage of points scored off two-pointers. They don't care. They're just chucking. Yeah. And these two teams played a little while ago. San Diego State shot 55% from three. Mm-hmm. Unsustainable. unsustainable yeah i lost two basketball games last night uh well we hit the over on the best bet we gave out here new mexico and uh and nevada nevada i also liked new mexico laying points nevada hit 55 percent mm, from three rare. uh murray state i liked last night no drake hit 50 something percent from like it's it's almost impossible to win when you hit 50 percent from three san diego state hit 55 percent in their first matchup utah state the better shooting team they've lost one game at home all season long san diego state's a very home court dependent team so i like utah state tonight with uh with those points i'd say it feels like a good game two for the system, system plays west virginia minus three and a half at home against number 11 iowa state utah state minus two at home against number 25, San Diego State. Elsewhere in top 25 action, the Tennessee Vols, nine and a half point favorites on the road at Vanderbilt. Boy, I just can't trust Tennessee laying a big number these days. Their offense is very, very hit or miss. Vanderbilt offense almost non-existent, and against Tennessee probably will be non-existent, but nine and a half, too many on the road. The Houston Cougars, they're back in the good graces of the cockroaches. <laughs> Minus 26 and a half. Wow. Hosting Tulsa, the best team in the American Conference, hosting the worst team in the American Conference. I'm, I'm not in the habit of laying 27 points, but if I were, this would be a, probably a good spot for it. Uh, Georgetown catching 13 at Providence. Jo Georgetown, uh, they don't win. They stink. They're 1-12 in, in Big East play. But they fight every game. Like I, I don't know why they fight. I would have quit a long time ago if I had <laughs> them. But they fight. I, I'd lean to to taking the points. Lean to taking points with the Florida Gators at number three, Alabama. Alabama laying nine points. Uh, Alabama's got really one way to play offense, and it's to chuck threes. And if that doesn't work, well, it's it's a crapshoot on how much they can score. 
I don't totally I don't love this Florida team at all. Just nine points feels like a lot for Alabama. Baylor laying nine and a half at Oklahoma. I talked about the Big 12 and teams who desperately need wins in the Big 12. Oklahoma falls into that category. They are probably if 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 I had to bet the 10 teams that are going to make it, I would bet that the one t- or of the 10 teams that are eligible, I'd say the one that would be out when I said there would be nine would probably be Oklahoma. So they are in desperate need of a win. And the Creighton Blue Jays, four-point favorites at Seton Hall. I like I, I tend to like Creighton here, although again, that number opened it to now. I gave out three plays uh, on the ice at pregame.com last night. The first one was a complete whiff. Uh, took the over in the Penguins Avalanche game, and both teams just couldn't score. Uh, the Penguins win in overtime 2-1. The other one I gave out was the Islanders money line against the Kraken. And uh, the conversation that I was having with myself was rest versus rust. When teams don't play for a while, that's always what you have to worry about. Do they come out strong because they're rested, or do they come out weak because they're rusty and haven't played in a while? The Islanders were coming off of a game that they just played on Monday night, so it was the second of a back-to-back. The Kraken haven't played in over a week. And I felt, you know what? I like the Islanders in rhythm. I like the Islanders because Ilya Sorokin is in net, and he's the second-best goaltender right now in the NHL, and he is at home. He's the best goaltender in the NHL. He's got a 1.9 goals against average at home. Well, Sorokin has 32 saves and pitches a shutout as the Islanders (laughs) win 4-0 over the Kraken. Everyone saw that coming. I mean, it was over a week you what after I, that. Now, I also gave out a prop in this game. Bo Horvat playing his first game at home as a member of the New York Islanders. 31 goals this season. I said, take him over two and a half shots because in his first game at home, he has a game now under his belt. He had four shots on Monday night. I figured now he's he learned his line mates for one game. We're going to see him now. I wouldn't be surprised. I wrote this up in my write-up. Wouldn't see. Wouldn't be surprised to see him score. But I like him over two and a half shots. Well, Bo, Bo Horvat did score. Nice on the second he shot that swinging. he on the second shot that he took in that game. Problem was he didn't hit the net on another shot. Oh. Missed the net once. Now he missed the net. Doesn't count as a shot on goal. Oh really? So, yeah, it doesn't count as a shot on goal. So if he, he missed the net. Like, oh, like if, like if you the goalie it. has to stop it or do something, Yeah, it's right? got to be a shot on okay, goal. Okay. If you just shoot it and it goes over the net into the net, into the boards or the glass, it's not a shot on goal. That should be a shot. So, well, that's why it's, it's just called. just a bad shot. That's why it's called shot on goal. But then there's like 50 shots in the game. Everyone's shooting. Yeah, <laughs> if you just shoot it wide and it goes against the boards, it's not a shot on goal. All right, all right. So, uh, Horvat finishes with just two shots on goal, uh, but he does score his first goal as a member of the Islanders. I think what worked against us last night was that this game wasn't close. The Islanders won 4 nothing, and they had a power play in the third period that I thought, okay, this is where we're going to get Horvat shooting a shot on goal here, but they were already up for nothing. So they really just milked the time. And uh, if it was like a, a one goal game, I think you get more shots. And also if it was an empty net situation, you never know. We could have gotten lucky there, but Hey, uh, Islanders win for nothing elsewhere. The uh, golden Knights, a five, one win at the predators. That's an impressive win for Vegas as a small underdog against you say Soros. And the Predators. So let's take a look at what we got on the schedule tonight. Just two games. We got the Rangers at home against the Canucks. Both of these teams played on Monday. The Rangers had 
an exciting back-and-forth game with the Calgary Flames. Like, it, it was, from all accounts, one of the best games of the year. Rangers win 5-4 in overtime. Yaro Halak got the start in net for the Rangers because Igor Shesterkin took part in All-Star Weekend, and they figured let's give him a couple of more days off. Halak makes uh, 25, 28 saves, gives up four goals. Shesterkin will be in net tonight. Now you have the Canucks, who I thought absolutely fade them against the Devils on Monday. You know, they just traded away their captain and their leading goal scorer, Bo Horvat, who, by the way, has 10 more goals this season than the next highest scorer on the Canucks. So I didn't know where they were going to get their offense from. Devils took a 4-1 lead in the second period. I thought this game was sitting pretty. But kudos to Vancouver, who fought their asses off, came back, tied the game 4-4, eventually losing in overtime to the Devils. I think now is the time to fade the Canucks again. Because, hear me out. Hear them out. I should have thought about the Canucks in that game on Monday the way that I thought about them in the first game after they fired their head coach. When they fired Bruce Boudreau and brought in Rick Tockett, I said, this is the game they get the boost, right? Everyone's fighting for their jobs. Everyone's fighting to impress the new coach. This is the time where they rally. And guess what? They won. The next game, I said, this is the time to fade them. The, the, the boost was only for one game. And they lose the next game. It should have been the same way after losing their captain. The players rally around each other. They say, we don't need this guy. We're going to prove that we can do it without him. And they fought hard. Now they lose that game. I don't see the similar fight tonight against the Rangers. Rangers are heavily favored, minus 250. But I'm going to look at Rangers in regulation or maybe even Rangers on the puck line. Uh, TNT game tonight, wild at the Stars. Dallas, minus 135. Keep an eye on the goaltending matchup for this game because the Stars had that 3-2 game against the uh, the Ducks, a surprising, sh- it took them to a shootout to win that game on Monday. Uh, in that game, Jake Ottinger was in net. I expect him to be in net again, but if it's not Ottinger, maybe take a look at Minnesota. Head on over to pregame.com and get yourself a daily best bet package or a season-long package or You can get a Super Bowl package. The Super Bowl's coming up days away. We're going to be promoting all the stuff we have on pregame.com, all the prop bets, all the the best bets you can get. And guess what? You can take 20% off of anything you'd like at pregame.com if you use the promo code BRIGHT20. You know why it's bright? Because McKenzie's on the show. Yale Graham. Besides that. But I'm thinking about the Super Super Bowl halftime show. And I'm like, what song is Rihanna going to start the halftime show with? Mm. And I thought, what if it was all dark in the stadium? And, and Aaron Rodgers, sudden- <laughs> they turn the lights on and Aaron Rodgers says, what the fuck? I'm trying to retreat here. And all of a, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you get a spotlight and it's Rihanna going, shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. No? I don't know. That's, that's a top five song. It's a great song. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll get songs. You know certainly. who wrote that song? Sia. The girl that keeps the hair in her yeah. face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she wrote, writes all the bangers. Yeah, right she here. does. So, Bright 20 
Shine bright like a diamond. Is that really the who made that connection? <laughs> who that made right? what connection? How did, how did it become bright twenty? I don't believe this. It was Rihanna. Am I wrong? I mean, my my uh, my friend my friend said, "Hey, are you, you excited for the Rihanna concert next weekend?" Like what? <laughs> oh, the, excited for the Rihanna concert next weekend? She's back. She's you know, at halftime. You know, there's a bet that you can make online. Will Rihanna announce either an album or a tour during the game or after the game? And the answer, you have to bet the yes. She's a billionaire. Because no one does the Super Bowl halftime show without promoting something. Because you don't get any money for doing it, Exactly. Right? So, she's doing the Super Bowl halftime show. She just released her first single in forever because it was part of the Black Panther Wakanda Forever soundtrack. She hasn't had a song in years. Now she has a song because of the Black Panther thing. I'm guaranteed she's gonna. She's probably gonna announce a Vegas residency or something. You're gonna be watching the Super Bowl after after Can't the wait. halftime show. Can't wait. After the halftime show, and they're gonna say, "Catch Rihanna at an all new Vegas residency at the the, the Park MGM or whatever." You're gonna see her. So bright 20 percent off anything you'd like at pregame.com. Long walk for a short drink of water. <laughs> for, for Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sadler. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.